Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. For those who uh, maybe missed the Ted Nugent interview last hour, or maybe you just want to hear it again, and I have a funny feeling you will want to hear it again, just to hear everything that was said during the interview, including questions he's never been asked before, uh, make sure to check out the podcast. Just go to Newsmax.com slash listen. Newsmax.com slash listen. You'll see a page there with a slightly out-of-date headshot. Normally, you know, old people use old headshots, and you meet people, and they're like, my God, you look older now in the headshot you've been using forever. This is a headshot where I actually uh, uh, I look worse than I do now. I've lost like 50 pounds, and so, uh, you know, we got to get a new headshot done. But anyway, uh, Newsmax.com <laughs> slash uh, listen. Ted Nugent is 74 years old. And, you know, when you when you get to a certain age, you kind of, you know, you, you begin to recognize your mortality. The only quote that I ever appreciated from Bill Clinton, other than I uh, I did not have sex with that woman, is uh, there's a point in your life you realize you have less life in front of you than you do behind you. And and you start to think about stuff like where do you want to be when you're 70 years old or where do you want to be when you're 74? I want to be freaking Ted Nugent at 74. And I want to be that now. I want to be Ted Nugent at 74 now. My gosh, what a cool guy and you know what he made some really good points about younger people generation z which is a a lost generation in many ways nothing against you gen zers uh you know who have your stuff together but honestly you've been bleeped with majorly and you millennials too Somebody convinced an entire generation of people that uh, that not being able to pay attention in class was a, a disease and started immediately putting uh, kids on tons and tons of meds, particularly young men, young boys, rather than letting them run around outside. I'm not saying that ADD or, uh, you know, there are not mental uh, issues, but we've over-medicated two generations of people, a good share of my generation, by the way, and I consider my generation to be the suicide generation. Uh, and and the reason being is uh, you know Kurt Cobain, uh, let's see, um, uh, Chris Cornell, uh, Amy Winehouse. That was uh, accidentally, but you know just kind of on that line. Uh, Shannon Hoon, um, a number of others. Not all actors, but they're all not all singers. But uh, but Nuge, uh, it just he's uh, he's a conservative. But he, he, the way he makes it, there's nothing more revolutionary, nothing more uh, middle finger to the man than his brand of conservatism, which is pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. And in case you didn't hear, he answered the question, what is cat scratch fever all about? Should I tell him now? Or should I make him go to the podcast? I think I'm going to make you go to the podcast. <laughs> uh, if you want to hear the answer, he, he, he uh, told me the answer. To what cat scratch fever, where that came from. Newsmax.com slash listen. I know, I know, I, I, I just, just do that, okay? I'll give it up to you, you know, everybody, you know, this, I want to try it, just listen. Listen to the body, and this, that way you can share it with other people. And he also talked about his, his, uh, his friendship that happened after he had Anthony Bourdain. At his ranch in Texas. He invited, uh, no reservations, Anthony Bourdain's show, which I loved by, speak, speaking of suicide generation, although Bourdain was in his 60s. Um, but he invited Anthony Bourdain to his, uh, to his ranch 
Anthony Bourdain even got him to nurse a beer. He had a, a beer there, and you should see Ted Nugent trying to drink a beer. It's like it's like giving a, a beer to my daughter. She's like, yeah, which thank God, I'm doing the cross right now. I'm I'm doing the sign of the cross. So anyway, uh, Ted Nugent, um, wow. Uh, th- th- I thought this this interview. He's always uh, on fire, but I think in this interview he really. Uh, I would say take the gloves off, but he never had the gloves on. But kaboom! I mean, a in a, in a word, Ted Nugent. The interview that you can check out on the Rob Carson Show podcast at newsmax.com slash listen. Uh, it is kaboom, kaboom. Unlike uh, Don Lemon, not so kaboom. More like kaboom. Don Lemon should be fired. But he's still on that show. He's getting formal training for stuff that he should know. Jim Gossett. He slammed Nikki Haley and he angered Miss Harlow. They should tell Don Lemon time to go. But they won't. Lemon was very petty about Nikki Haley's age. No wonder his two co-hosts were sent into a rage. Co-host. Lemon bombed in the nighttime, but he got another show. When he should have been fired, like Stelter and Cuomo. <laughs> but you Lemon, see, he's yeah. in hot water. They could soon show down the door. Not a hot tub either. Because like Jeffrey Tubin. So, yeah, yeah, Tubin is, uh, he's out, and uh, uh, Stelter was out, and uh, Cuomo was out. <clears throat> All cisgendered white males, by the way. I, nor- I normally don't use that. I'm not down with that crap, you know, cisgendered. I'm a straight white guy, all right? You know, straight person, straight guy, uh, just straight, you know, hetero, whatever, cis, shut up. So anyway, uh, Don Lemon said he's sorry. He issued another groveling apology online for the sexist Nikki Haley comments moments before returning to the air and that uh, made no mention of the scandal after being a, given a final warning. Now, the thing that was most egregious about this is um, the comments that he made about women being past their prime was, in fact, a diss of, of uh, Nikki Haley, but it was an even worse diss of Poppy Harlow. It was an assault. It was a verbal assault on Poppy Harlow. I mean, this is really passive-aggressive crap, and I didn't really catch it until afterwards, and I'm like, wow, he was really sticking the knife in Poppy Harlow, who's in her 40s. And he did a very nasty, very passive-aggressive comment. And he said, yo, you just Google it. I mean, women are past their primes. Women are in their primes in their 20s, 30s. And he looks at her, and he goes, maybe 40s. So that's where it showed. This, this isn't about just sexism. This is about a man who's uh, really got some serious uh, behavioral issues at work, and uh, and uses his words. And I, you know, hate to say, it, but but there is a there is a way you can use words as a weapon. And when it comes to your coworker, and saying women are past their prime and there are in their primes in their twenties and thirties, maybe forties. As he looks at her, that's where it really got me. I didn't give a rat's behind about what he said about Nikki Haley. I don't even care. I think Nikki Haley can handle the criticism, right? But I would venture to say that if you were looking at a dividing line between leadership and uh, just, you know, prime reproductive, you know, physical, well, sure, uh, 
teens, 20s, 30s, 40s. I didn't actually, I didn't feel my age until I, you know, became 50, right? So seven years ago, started to feel it. And uh, now I feel really good. Do I feel like I'm in my 20s? No. I, I kind of wish I did. But, but intellectually, I'm in my prime. You may, you may disagree. <laughs> but I am. I think I've got a, a reasoning that I didn't have in my 20s. I have a, uh, a knowledge, uh, life experience, and his, knowledge of history. Uh, 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 common sense that I've had my entire life, but is really crystallized now that I'm in my 50s. And so uh, as far as uh, being a prime uh, for leadership, I'm saying uh, that starts, you know, and you're, I'm not even going to say it. Because I'll offend people in their 30s and 20s. <laughs> but that's what it is. That's, that's, that's where the, the real issue is. And, and there is a reason why Don Lemon has not been fired. And you know what it is as well as I do. Don Lemon is a, uh, is a, uh, a minority and he is gay. I'll just, I'll, I'm not meaning to make this a new racing, but there are, there are people who are very easily expendable, and then there are those who, the network, and I know they're afraid of firing because they will be called racist, they will be called homophobic if they haven't been already. And there will be a corresponding lawsuit or threat of a lawsuit. It will be in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And uh, uh, CNN, to stay out of trouble, will give him a massive, massive payout. Trust me on this. Trust me on this. Because that is going to happen. Don Lemon is not going to stay on his host on CNN. It's over. There's no way that he is going to sit there with Poppy Harlow. One little slip, even off camera. And it's it. And and by the way, this whole cabal, this whole and I like to talk about these uh, these uh, uh, these massive money laundering operations, including uh, uh, the aborto in industrial complex, uh, and and of course big offense, big offense. Uh, this is this uh, used to be a cottage industry. Now it's a mega mansion industry where if you are offended by something or someone says something offensive, which is always something that's conservative. Uh, then you not only need to be called out, possibly fired, the only way to save your job is to go to extensive uh, retraining and reprogramming, which, by the way, and Ted Nugent alerts, uh, alerted me and you to this in the interview, uh, that this isn't what happens in the former Soviet Union. Uh, it is what happened in the former Soviet Union, and it's here. It is here in so many, in a myriad of ways. We're living it. We had a Department of Disinformation. We had a, a narrative that was shut down. We have a group of people who are reliably censored, state-sponsored, state-sponsored. Our uh, DHS literally and our FBI and our Department of uh, DOJ going after people for their thoughts. This is uh, well-matured from the seed it is a fully growing and blossoming plant, and it needs to be uh, not only pruned, but sawed the hell off and run through a wood chipper. Oh, hey, that was pretty good. Hey, write that down. That's a promo. Because honestly, uh, it, this has to end. It has to end. Has to end. So uh, speaking of passive-aggressive, Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney addressed the shooting uh, death of a Temple University police officer. Christopher Fitzgerald made it clear his view that one cannot claim to back the blue if they don't back 
uh, regressive anti-Second Amendment uh, Democrat gun control. Here he is, and he has no clue what he's talking about. And by the way, he's presiding over Philadelphia's descent into absolute hell. Absolute homeless, fentanyl-addicted uh, uh, hell. Here is the uh, mayor of Philadelphia, Jim Kenney. Gun reforms that will protect our city's residents, including the brave men and women who have taken an oath, protect the peace. You can say you back the blue, but if you don't back gun control and gun availability, you don't back the blue. We owe it to no, you jackweed. If you defund the police and you malign the police and you allow the country to burn in the summer of 2020 while saying that uh, bleep the police and pigs in a blanket fry and black bacon, that's not backing the blue. How dare you have the audacity to say something as absurd from a man who has just destroyed what used to be the heart of democracy, the heart of our government, the city of Philadelphia. Uh, on the way. I have some uh, unbelievable news. Seattle, okay, another uh, Democrat-run hellhole who was uh, run by another idiot, uh, uh, Jenny Durkin. Um, they're having to settle with business owners over the uh, the chop zone, which I think is spectacular. And uh, new statistic about, you know, the releasing of, of uh, felons and, and criminals on uh, low or no bail and the damage it has caused the country. It is now quantified. I'll have the details on the other side of this break. This is The Rob Carson Show. If you're down with trigger warnings, you might want to listen to something else. It's the Rob Carson Show. All right, so the stupidity of the uh, chop zone in just a second. Jenny Durkin uh, was the mayor of Seattle, drove it into a, uh, well, a hellhole, just like Philadelphia, just like L.A., just uh, just like uh, San Francisco, just like a myriad of Democrat-run towns. And by the way, <clears throat> new, uh, new study out, uh, dirtiest, the five filthiest cities in America, including Houston, Newark, San Bernardino, Detroit, and North Jersey City, all run by Democrats. All run by Democrats. Lawn Starter measured uh, each city gross four categories. Pollution, which measures things like air quality, greenhouse gas emissions, living conditions like the percentage of homes with mold or rats and the number of homeless people in the city, infrastructure like the number of waste facilities, consumer satisfaction, the percentage of, of residents who find the city dirty. Uh, in uh, It found that Houston, run by a Democrat mayor, uh, Sylvester Turner. Fay! Fay! <clears throat> The city is filthy. That's my Sylvester the Cat impression. The city ranked third in the nation on pollution, fourth with living conditions, 15th worst on infrastructure, 31st worst in consumer satisfaction. All run by Demis. All run by Democrats. Democrats. And, uh, and then, there's, uh, then there's this. Oh, it's kind of interesting. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis hasn't officially declared for president. Presumably he's going to uh, run for president. You know, whatever. I don't care. I think he's a great guy. Uh, you know, he's got a long way to go before he measures up to Donald Trump because he is uh, the reason why he uh, is what he is. You can you can pin that on Donald Trump, I think, because he's, he's repeating his talking points. <laughs> you know, really, you know. So anyway, um, but Ron DeSantis is going on a tour of cities that uh, Democrats have destroyed, and he uh, he uh, triggered Eric Adams. Uh, uh, Ron DeSantis visiting New York. Uh, it stated that uh, New Yorkers are happy to teach him something about values. Have you been to New York lately? I have. You ever been to an ATM vestibule with uh, uh, heroin addicted homeless people sleeping there? Makes you not want to get your money out. You know, yeah. and then the smell of weed 
all the time, and then the rapes and the murders and the carjackings and that, you know, and then the push, getting pushed in front of the subways. And other than that, it's wonderful. Uh, welcome to New York, Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, a place where we don't ban books. Uh, don't even read them. Uh, discriminate against our LGBTQ neighbors. Use asylum seekers as props, really, or let the government stand between a woman and health care, meaning that, you know, abortion, which is the only health care Democrats care about. It's not even health care. It's just killing a baby. Uh, we're happy to teach you something about values while you're here. Adams' uh, mocking welcome follows DeSantis' visit to uh, law enforcement officers in the city to tout the Florida blueprint for crime because it, it worked. The visit comes in uh, as part of stops to other blue crime-ridden jurisdictions like Philadelphia and Chicago. So there you go. Uh, and then, and then J.B. Pritzker, who is a parade balloon in his uh, spare time, says, well, he doesn't represent the, the values of the people of Illinois. Well, I hate to tell you this. Once you leave Chicago and go out in Illinois, I used to live in Illinois, too. Uh, J.B. Pritzker doesn't represent the values of Illinois. I'll tell you that right now. I used to live in uh, Springfield. Uh, fortunately for a short time. And, uh, you know, Illinois is not uh, down with J.B. Pritzker. Uh, in fact, he is the antithesis of that. He's demonstrated that he's homophobic, that he has tendencies to promote racism. <laughs> this is this the go-to, man. That's the go-to. That's the go-to. And in Seattle, because they're such morons, uh, Seattle has agreed to pay $3.6 million to settle a lawsuit over its mishandling of the summer of 2020. Let's hope it begins a, a, a ton of lawsuits against morons in cities like um, Minneapolis, Minneapolis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week, Seattle agreed to settle a lawsuit by more than a dozen business owners and for uh, residents for damages incurred by riots that took place in June of 2020, following the death of uh, George Floyd, which ushered in a new era of stupidity. Like, oh, George Floyd died, so we got to get rid of the uh, the Native American on the land of Lakes Butter and Aunt Jemima and uh, Uncle Ben and uh, every statue of Christopher Columbus. And the Dixie Chicks would have to change their name. I can go on and on. It was critical stupid. Like, if, if you have that level of stupid, I'd recommend they just unplug you at this point. So anyway, uh, uh, the uh, case argued that city officials effectively authored the actions of the CHOP participants, including allowing the violence, including fatal shootings, assaults, noise pollution, and property damage. And here's Jimmy, uh, Jenny Dipweed, Dick, Dur, Dip, Dip. <clears throat> Jenny Durkin, the former mayor, I always slip that up, it's crazy, uh, talking about the summer of love and Donald Trump saying during the summer of 2020 that uh, National Guard needs to go into these cities and shut this nonsense down. I think it shows a complete lack of understanding of why people are in the street. They're in the street fighting a system of domination, and he doesn't understand that. Talk about Donald Trump. And his response is always one that's bellicose and militaristic. Stop it. But he doesn't honor the military in that way either as you've seen from the line of generals that have disputed him so i think he says dominate because he is totally does not understand what is happening in america and he is desperately trying to start the old fights and the old divisions that put him in power in the first place and she went on to say that 2020 could be a summer of love but it wasn't and there's a reason why she's no longer the mayor as well Let's keep this going nationwide. Last half of the show right ahead. Stick around.
European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 Striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. His first grade teacher said he talked out of turn. Worse after he's missed a day. Well, things haven't changed. It's the Rob Carson Show. How long do you think Seattle in those few blocks looks like this? I don't know. We could have the summer of love. Well, tell that to the police who was supposed to be in that precinct, though. But I understand your sentiment, Mayor. No, nobody understands your sentiment. Uh, she allowed a bunch of spoiled little children, candy aisle children, to overtake Seattle. And they uh, wreaked damage. And now uh, it looks like the people of Seattle are having to pay for her malfeasance by giving the uh, people in the chop zone $3.6 million. I think she should uh, pay for it herself. I do. I think I think the idiot uh, city council people in uh, Seattle and uh, the mayor of Seattle should be held liable. Now, they've, they've floated the idea of police being liable when uh, something happens, when they are forced to use their weapon, uh, discharge their weapon during a, 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 an incident, or if somebody gets injured or dies, then they could be held liable. How about idiot mayors like Jenny Durkin, who allow dirk 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 I keep thinking of uh, Team America World Police. dirk 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 What she says makes about as much sense. But I think she should be held um, completely liable for it. I think she should spend the rest of her bloody life paying off $3.6 million that taxpayers will otherwise have to pay to people who had their lives and businesses destroyed by her malfeasance. There you go. There's that. There is that. Oh, and this is really funny. You ready for this? More than 7 in 10 criminal suspects released from jail without bail go on to be rearrested for allegedly committing more crimes, according to a new study. In early 2020, amid the Chinese coronavirus, they said Chinese coronavirus. Oh, my God, they're so xenophobic. Chinese coronavirus pandemic, the California Judicial, uh, uh, California Judicial Council required counties to enforce an emergency bail schedule, which effectively released thousands of criminal suspects from jail without having to pay bail under the guise of reducing prison overcrowding. This prison uh, program designated that the bail for select crimes was dramatically re uh, reduced to uh, many in zero dollars. In Yolo County, California in particular, kept the zero dollar bail policy in place until June 2021 when the county superior court enacted a new bail schedule. And it turns out that more than 70% of those who were released without bail went on to be arrested for additional crimes. Yeah, the analysis also uh, compared recidivism rates over an 18-month period, finding, listen, that 78% of suspects released without bail were found to be rearrested for crimes, while only 40%, 46% of those who paid bail were rearrested. Well, duh. 
In total, nearly 600 suspects were released from jail without bail while Yolo County had the $0 bail policy in place. Of those, 420 went on to be rearrested for various crimes, including 369 misdemeanors and 328 felonies. Think of all the suffering that created. Way to go, Democrats. A 163% increase in total crime and a 200% increase in violent crime by arrestees released on zero bail. And by the way, they're doing that. They're trying to do that in Illinois. Hell Illinois. Hell on earth. I mean, Illinois. With uh, J.B. Pritzker, the parade balloon, as the governor. When compared to those uh, released by the courts on traditional bail, it's the type of compelling data that should drive future discussion on any com- contemplated uh, uh, bail reform, according to attorney Jeff Reisig. Homicide, rape, kidnapping, robbery, carjacking, attempted homicide, assault with a deadly weapon, and domestic violence. Uh, The study is a warning to states like New York where crime has skyrocketed in recent years with cashless bail policies that prevent judges from holding many suspects in jail while pending trial. Unlike the January 6th protesters who didn't do any of that, but they're still in jail without any... uh, without any uh, uh, trial, uh, without any bail, and, uh, and uh, they're political prisoners. So there is that. There is that. Hey, shall we uh, cleanse our palate comedically? Uh, because this song is definitely related to uh, idiotic policies like no bail uh, and, uh, and uh, other, oh, a defund the police, a defund the police. That was really stupid. And uh, then there was a lot of... Uh, uh, critical race theory uh, being mandated, that's pretty stupid. And uh, what else is really so? Well, uh, without further ado, let's just list them all, shall we? Arizona. It's Jim Gossett, by the way. And Corona. Uh huh. All the lies about them they've been telling you. How did they win it? The freaking Senate. Yeah, the vote harvest. When the votes that they received were very few. And then there's Arizona. Don't catch the stupid. Don't buy their BS. That climate change is real. Inflation's not. Don't catch the stupid. Don't believe them. Because distraction and diversion's all they got. Yeah. We all know that Hurricane Ian was the result of global Ukraine. Warming. Russian collusion uh-huh. led to confusion. January 6th is a smokescreen. The new Green Deal is a disguise. Like their mandate forcing you to take vaccines. Oh, yeah, there was that. Don't catch the stupid. You just can't do it. That in women's sports, men should compete. They're teaching sex ed in kindergarten. Their destructive policies we must defeat. Like wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Statues have fallen. It's so appalling to ignore Hunter's laptop and his theft. Don't catch the stupid, rejected nonsense. Everything is stupid on the left. And all of the things that he just described, Jim Gossett, our uh, uh, comedian uh, and uh, singer, uh, are all things that were considered to be disinformation. Just wanted you to know that. See how we tied them all together there? It's pretty pretty interesting. Uh, speaking of Arizona, Carrie Lake, I, I believe the election in Arizona was absolutely stolen. And I believe that Katie Hobbs is the criminal governor of the state of Arizona. And I, and I do. It's my opinion. And the reason I, being, uh, I, I, I believe that is because I'm not stupid. And I saw that uh, Katie Hobbs was the, uh, was the secretary of state uh, in Arizona who was in charge of the election. She did not recuse herself. Election malfeasance started happening in 2012, and it culminated with Carrie Lake voters waiting until Election Day because they saw what happened in 2020 and they didn't want to repeat. So they wanted to vote in person. They wanted to show their ID and they wanted to make sure that their vote counted. And then Maricopa County decided to cheat. 
And uh, honestly, if any court will actually listen to the evidence, uh, then they will discover that it is very clear what happened in Maricopa County because it didn't happen everywhere else. 65% of voting machines not tabulating, not working in um, the Republican areas of Maricopa County and the state of Arizona. And here is Carrie Lake. She appeared on uh, Donald Trump uh, Jr.'s podcast, and here's what she had to say about that. Arizona. No, that's not what she had to say about that. As much as I would like to hear that song again, I am not going to. Uh, I'm not going to play that song again. Instead, let's listen to the sweet, sweet sounds of Carrie Lake's voice. This is how they're going to steal the vote. We had eyeballs in place. We did everything. We had poll workers, poll watchers. Everyone wanted a yep. clean, good election. We yep. didn't want another embarrassment for Arizona. Mm-mm. But how do you stop them when we have the proof and the evidence when they intentionally? printed the wrong image on the ballot on election day. Yep. This is what's in our case. They printed intentionally the wrong image on the ballot, knowing that 75% of the people showing up on election day were voting for me. They intentionally... They did that in Berlin, too, by the way, and they literally, the courts have said, uh, the election is garbage. The exact same thing happened in Germany, and they threw the election out. Print the wrong image on the ballot, so it jams the tabulator. And we found out through our investigation that they did this at 60%, at least 60% of the polling locations in Republican areas. Yeah, Carrie Lake didn't do that. Okay? Katie Hobbs and her cabal did that. And two people on the Maricopa County Board of Elections literally created a pack to raise money to fight Carrie Lake. The lines were a mile long in some areas. People waited four hours. It was a disenfranchisement of the people, the good people of Arizona, and not just Republicans. And if this happened in the other way, if this happened to a Democrat, there would be outrage, there'd be congressional hearings, there'd be statewide hearings, the legislator would be, you know, called into, uh, you know, a tribunal, and yet, strangely, they're, oh, well, you know, it just happens. Yeah. Literally only in... Republican area. Oh, I mean, does anyone so believe sad. in this much coincidence anymore? That's, it, that's no. what I don't understand. It no, we was don't. so sad to watch some of the video. The, the good thing is, because we had so many people watching, we had video. We had uh, poll watchers who were writing out declarations going, I can't believe my eyes. This is terrible. And so we had tons, unlike in 2020, where all of a sudden, oh my gosh, you've got to pull all the evidence together. We had tons of evidence immediately of what was happening. And it was so heart-wrenching to see guys going in, they're veterans, yep. so excited to vote in this election. And you could just see the look on their face when they came out, like, I can't believe what just happened. My vote was just trampled on my sacred vote. And so... um, A lot of people have died so you could vote. I think it's sacred. The vote is sacred. You ask my kids. Since the day my son could probably remember, I've always made sure that he goes to the polls with me. And my daughter, when she will. One time, I remember my son was a freshman in college, and he had to come back from college just to vote. And you know what he did? My son took the bus, and he walked more than a mile in a thunderstorm so he could vote. He did it. It was that important to him. My son and I, we differ a lot on politics. We do. But I... I was so proud of that moment. It's so important. And if I see something like this happen, that is so egregious, it's fraud and theft, I'm not going to relegate it to the dustbin of history as much as everybody would like me to. There are a lot of people in the world who just want, leave it alone, let it go. I'm not. 
I wouldn't do that with a murder, and I'm certainly not going to do it with a stolen election. And if you try to tell me that there's no voter fraud in the country, honestly, the discussion is over. You know why? Because I'm not stupid. The Democrat Party knows that, uh, that Chicago and Cincinnati and St. Louis were built on corrupt elections. And, and I could go on and on and on and on and on. But if you say that, that there's no election fraud in this country, you're out of your nut. It'd be like saying, well, there's no such thing as uh, murder in the United States. There's no such thing as bank robbery in the United States. Shut up. I don't have time for this nonsense. Of course there's election fraud in this country, and there has been for a very long time. Unfortunately, we have a press that is so journalistically uncurious that they will not actually take the time to investigate when there's so much evidence right there. That's one of the many things, the, the many things that we have to uncover this year and then get Donald Trump in office again to make sure that people who did this pay for it. Oh, listen to this. You ready for this? I, I, uh, a lot of conservatives are called racist and homophobic and sexist and all that, and, you know, it's, it's all uh, people, they use these words when they're losing an argument. One thing that I've always been, uh, the forefront of my broadcast career is uh, helping kids out, fostering and adopting kids. I don't do it myself. I talk and I, and I do fundraisers. I can't foster and adopt children at this point in my life. I would love to. But uh, fostering and adopting children, uh, uh, the welfare of children, and particularly uh, kids, uh, particularly of color in inner cities, because for the last 50-plus years, um, they've been wrecked. They've been wrecked. 13 times the national average murder rate, uh, 70%, 80% fatherless homes, uh, school systems that are absolute crap, uh, societal um, barriers uh, that are... Uh, nothing institutional. They are all uh, created by a, a good share, but by the Democrat Party. And I mean, look at the just look at the uh, look at the Great Society. It destroyed the black nuclear family. It's it's terrible. And and then the only defense and the only uh, thing that Democrats can do to make up for all of this malfeasance, all of this history of racism, all of this destruction, is to suddenly say, "Oh yeah, reparations will take care of reparations." It's all a distraction. But in the state of Illinois, did you know that uh, 622 schools that they, uh, they looked at, one out of 10 kids can read at grade level in Illinois, okay? Uh, that's uh, 18% of the state's 3,547 schools that tested students in 2022. 622, one out of 10, could, uh, uh, could read at grade level. Okay, one out of 10 kids could do math at grade level in 930 schools. That's more than a quarter of all the schools in the state. Just looking at 2022, 97% of teachers were rated excellence and proficient, but only 29.9% of students can read at grade level. Meanwhile, the new superintendent for school statewide was picked from a district where only two out of 10 people kids can read at grade level. Statewide, one out of every 10 black kids can read at grade level. Did you hear what I just said? That's not racist. That's saying, my God, let's do something. This is, this is the, uh, the Confederate South's dream come true. This is the Jim Crow uh, Democrat Party's dream come true. One out of ten black students can read at a grade level. For Hispanics, it's two out of ten. For white students, not much better. It's four in ten. It's not an exaggeration to say the state's public schools are condemning an entire generation of Illinois children to failure. That's from Joe Hoft of the Gateway Pundit. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. 
It's time to make common sense common again. It's the Rob Carson Show. You know, the last few days I've been trying to distill uh, what Nikki Haley and her ilk of uh, the Republican Party are. And, I, and I've said, uh, you know, Donald Trump changed the party, and he did, and we can't go back to the old ways of the Republican Party. We can't go back to the, the talking points of the Republican Party. It's going to have to be about dismantling the deep state, uh, uh, fixing the border. Um, it's going to have to be about ending uh, endless wars. Uh, and I can go on and on and on. But uh, last night, Tucker said this about her. I always watch uh, Eric Bowling, and then I record Tucker and watch him later. Uh, but anyway, here is uh, here he is. This is him describing uh, Nikki Haley. She may be running to be the Republican nominee, but she is fundamentally indistinguishable from the neoliberal donor base of the Democratic Party. Ah. Nikki Haley believes in collective racial guilt. She thinks Ukraine's borders are more important than our own, far more important. She believes identity politics is our future. Vote for me because I'm a woman, she says. That's her pitch. There you go. There you go. Let's hear it one more time. She may be running to be the Republican nominee, but she is fundamentally indistinguishable from the neoliberal donor base of the Democratic Party. She's a cold attack Karen. Nikki Haley believes in collective racial guilt. She thinks Ukraine's borders are more important than our own. Far yep. more important. Yep. She believes identity <clears throat> politics is our future. Vote for me because I'm a woman, she says. That's her pitch. Yeah, and that's when you lose. When, that start, when you start your campaign commercial off of that, you're done. As far as I'm I don't care. Fix the problems. Let's go to a Don in Salinas, California. Will be the last caller of the day. Don, make it good, my friend. What's up? All right. Uh, call me cynical, but why do I think that the only reason Biden went to Ukraine was because Trump announced he was going to Palestine, Ohio, and it, it just it just fits with their with their program. And as far as Biden being brave for going there. He yeah. couldn't even sit down with Fox during the Super Bowl, so I don't think he's very brave at all. <laughs> and, an, nice. and another thing, this, uh, will somebody please inform Booty Gay that finding the railroads and bragging about how much money the government's going to make off of them doesn't do a damn thing for them people out in Palestine. It, it, he, he's bragging about how much money they're going to make off of it. And, yeah. and lastly... This is deja vu, Palestine. The same uh, fake news, sweep it under the rug coverage happened when Obama's EPA poisoned an entire river in Colorado. The same thing happened. Swept under the rug, hardly heard anything about it. Yeah, and also uh, you, uh, you forget the uh, environmental disaster, the, probably the greatest uh, vi environmental disaster in the history of the world, which was the sabotage of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which Joe oh, Biden yeah. just admitted that he did. He just admitted that he did while he was wow. in Poland. Yeah, so uh, listen, a great way. Dude, I'm glad we waited for you to be last. You made some brilliant points, and it's always good to have you on, Don. Have a glorious Thank day, bro. You. You betcha, you betcha. Yeah, yeah he, he admitted it. He, he admitted it. I mentioned it earlier. I don't have time to get into it. Uh, I'll expand on it a little bit more, but he basically admitted that uh, he kneecapped Russia's uh, ability to uh, produce and, uh, and distribute natural gas. He, he said, and, and by the way, and Europe is paying for it. In Great Britain, they're having to shut down greenhouses because they don't have the gas to run them. And Germany is suffering, and people are cold because of it. It was an act of war committed by our president. It was. It was. So uh, that's going to do it. I'm going to come back and wrap up this here show, which I would consider to be epic. You want to check out the podcast, just go to Newsmax.com slash listen. Back in a second. 
All right, if you want to check out the incredible interview with Ted Nugent and the incredible show, check out the Rob Carson Show podcast. Go to Newsmax.com slash listen. Have a glorious day, guys. God bless you. And until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. See you then.